Hello! Welcome to Cheese the Day, the official cheese cast of North Coast Co-op. This podcast is brought to you by hard-hitting journalism about cheese. My name is Thomas. I'm the cheese department head at our Eureka location, and I'm here with my fellow cheese nerd, Veronica. I'm the cheese department head at our Arcata location. What are we talking about today, Thomas? Feta cheese. Ooh, feta. Feta. Or feta. Depending. I, I, I hear it both ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I choose the American pronunciation with the American E, feta. Feta is, I believe, more traditional. Yes. Depending on where in the world you're from. But I always try to not sound pretentious when I think if I corrected everyone and said feta, feta, I I feel like my department would feel less welcoming. That's true. I, I try to use the American pronunciations of things. Yeah. Or at least the pronunciation that whoever I'm talking to is using. And then I'll sort of adopt their pronunciation unless it's like, you know. Definitely wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I wanted to talk about feta cheese initially because I was like, you know what cheese we've never talked about on the podcast, I don't think? You know what cheese deserves some more love? You know what cheese deserves to be in more people's diets just regularly? Feta. It's a great cheese. It is a great cheese. The salty goodness that you – it – I think of it almost as a topping rather than an ingredient very often. Mm. I like just a little crumble of feta just on top of like whatever. Put it on a salad. Put it in an omelet. Mm. Fry up some tomatoes and spinach and put a little feta in that, a little garlic. To zhuzh it up a little bit. Yeah, that's an excellent word. It's it's your zhuzhing cheese. It's a good (laughs) – you need a little little zhuzh. Yeah, get some feta in there. Zhuzh up your life. A little – Salty sparkle. So that's what that's what I set out to do. I was just like, huh, let's talk about feta. So I started doing a little research and I'm not on TikTok, but apparently recently there was some kind of viral video that included a feta recipe, which which explains why suddenly, you know, mid-pandemic a little while ago, there were people coming in like, Do you have any feta? I've never heard of feta, but I need it now. Never heard of feta? There were a lot of people that Yeah, I mean, these were uh let's Younger people, people that, I, or, or maybe they've just yeah turned away by the uh, the feta that's in the tub in the brine in the tub yeah because that looks pretty strange to to some people. Maybe we can get into explaining why that. Absolutely, I want to get into this. So feta, <laughs> I think most people think of feta and they're like, oh, that's feta. That's like one thing. That's that's just like there's feta cheese and. And it doesn't really matter between brands because everyone's kind of making the same thing. And like, it's just, it's feta cheese. There's like oh. a recipe for it. Like, but that's not true. It's not, it's, it's a category of cheese. It's not like, like Reggiano Parmesan where they're like, oh, no, this is, this is Reggiano Parmesan. It comes from one place. It's made with a recipe. Maybe there's a few different manufacturers, but like they're all making the same cheese. Right. This is not so with feta. Totally different game. And the animal the milk comes from to make the feta makes a difference. That's the huge, that's right out the gate. That's the biggest difference. We sell feta with cow's milk, sheep's milk, goat's milk. We got all, we got all the milks. 
I don't think I have any plain just goat's milk feta I don't think currently. I do it's all mixes. We were getting Redwood Hill Farm for a long mm-hmm. time, and then I can't get it anymore. I don't have a source for plain goat's milk feta, but I understand that sheep's milk feta is the original animal milk. That's what, yes. That, that's that feta has been made from. By original, the, it's worth noting that feta does have in the European Union a name protected status. And that's it's classified as a Greek product made with sheep's milk. And there's a bunch of other rules that I didn't memorize. <laughs> there's all, you know, th- these are laws. So they're always written for lawyers. You know, there's that. But the, the broad strokes of it, this is a Greek cheese and it's made. They make the curd, then they they soak the curd in a brine, mm-hmm. salt water, and it's it's that it's got sort of that. It's pressed, but then it's kept in brine after it's pressed. Yeah, for, it's it's sort of a block, but it's not a it's not a very tight pressing. No, like uh, like another cheese that with a whole lot of pressure, like a I'm like sure a cheddar. Most it's of you are familiar loose, with the crumbliness of feta. Yeah, if you buy a block of feta, you can usually like just. For me, usually just opening the package if it's shrink-wrapped or just handling the block if it's in the mm-hmm. brine, it, it starts to crumble automatically by itself. It's, it's actually a little bit difficult to slice feta and keep it in one piece. We have talked about feta on the episode because mm-hmm. now I'm remembering giving that advice that you, it's easy to crumble your own feta. You don't need to buy pre, oh, pre-crumbled yes. feta. And I talked about why pre-crumbled feta is probably not a really great thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it I creates that. all that surface area to oxidize, and and that's not how it's supposed to be done traditionally. Traditionally, the it's supposed brine. to be sold submerged in that salt water. The brine. brine helps to keep your feta lovely and fresh. As long as we're talking about what's traditional, I just want to say, I so in researching this episode, I've come to some opinions about feta. Oh, <laughs> I, a lot of different countries make feta. A huge number of countries make feta all around Greece and in the Balkans. I've got here a quote. Janet Fletcher, writing for the San Francisco Chronicle, says, any attempt to trace feta's origins leads the researcher straight into quicksand. Because in the Balkans, every country makes this chalk white cheese and every country thinks that it invented it. Mm-hmm. And if you go to Greece, the story in Greece of how they arrived at feta <laughs> is, is taken, first story. of all, from Homer's Odyssey, possibly the most Greek thing ever published. <laughs> like, straight to the source, the Odyssey. <laughs> Written in the 8th century BC. Tells of uh, one of the Cyclopses, Polyphemus, who made that cheese. And it's supposed to be the cheese that is the predecessor of feta. Yes. Also, it's worth noting that the reason the Cyclops was making this cheese was because God taught him. And I think it's just worth pointing out that, like, their historical reference is a Cyclops. And it's entirely (laughs) possible that that's not really where feta came from and, and that a bunch of people in the region were making it. Because essentially, at its core, feta is cheese curd that you soak in a salty brine. And if you think about it, in a time before refrigeration, soaking things in salt water was a great way to preserve them. Yeah. That's how sauerkraut was invented. That's how kimchi was invented. Yeah. That's how pickles were invented. <laughs> it's just soaking things in salt water is great to keep them safe to eat for a long time. And making yeah. cheese is already great. What's more shelf stable 
than regular cheese in the ancient world, soak that cheese in some salt water. It just <laughs> kind of makes cheese. sense. Yeah. yeah. So it's made all over. And it's that's the other, that's sort of the other component aside from the milk the animal or the animal the milk comes from. Mm-hmm. Country of origin does make a difference because different people in different places sort of have, there's a different palate, there's a different terroir there. And the people in those countries make feta for whatever market they're going to be selling it in, which is usually nearby to where they're making it. Mm. So you sell a sheep's milk feta from France. Yes. That is more expensive than I sell. You you also have this one, sheep's milk feta from Bulgaria. I yes. only have the Bulgarian because it's a great price. And when I put it out on the shelf with the French feta, I tried this experiment. I had both. And everyone was like, oh, the French feta is twice as much. I'm going to get the Bulgarian one. Right. Without physically sampling it, without tasting it, you cannot know what a difference Bulgaria or France makes. The French right. feta is completely different. And I think worth the money. And there are, yeah. It's, I think it's the best feta it we is, sell. It is a very, very good feta. And yeah. we have diehard fans of Bulgarian feta, but mm-hmm. we also have diehard fans of the French feta that are like, oh. Yeah. I used to get the Bulgarian feta and that was okay. But then I splurged and I got the French feta and now and I can't go back. My eyes were opened. The clouds <laughs> parted and the sun shone down yes. on my taste buds. <laughs> yes. I am one yes. of those people. I used to always get, oh, well, like this is the cheaper one, the Bulgarian feta. Cheaper, I should say, less expensive. It's a great feta. I think the Bulgarian feta, it's the one I have on my shelf and I'm proud to have it on my shelf here in Eureka because I think it's one of the best deals in the entire cheese department. It's a really great deal. What you're getting for the money. Considering, yeah, how far it came. (laughs) Yeah, it comes from Bulgaria, which is an expense, importing something from across the ocean. Uh, And and it's made from sheep's milk. It's made from sheep's milk, exactly. Sheep don't give that much milk compared to cows. Yeah. And they eat as much as a sheep eats. The difference in milk to, to expense of owning a sheep, you get a lot less milk out of a sheep than you get out of a cow. And that's... That's partly why so many cheeses are made from cow's milk. It's it's for the manufacturer. It's a great deal because you've got this herd of cows and There's they give you so much milk. More to make availability of, of cow's milk. Yeah. And that's volume isn't the only difference. Sheep's milk taste, it's got that wonderful. Some people call it a gamey flavor. I I beg to differ. I don't think it's gamey. I think it's a very domesticated flavor. It's just a very different flavor than cow's milk. As different yeah. from cow's milk as goat's milk is. But also yeah. different from goat's milk. They're different animals. It's its yeah. own thing. And it's the highest, naturally the, the highest in fat between the three of them. And sheep's fat milk. is delicious. Fat is delicious. In the French sheep's milk feta has got a creaminess to it. And yeah. a, the, I think the perfect tang to and it. That one, when, I, when you think of, or when I think of French cheeses, and I'm not thinking about the like really funky ones. It's mm-hmm. that creamy mouthfeel, the like doubles and triple creams, and they're just incredibly silky cheeses mm-hmm. that I think of with France. And it makes sense that when f- French cheesemakers go to make feta, they're like, oh, fat. We're using cheese milk or sheep's milk. Mm-hmm. We want that extra fat and we want it creamy, creamy and delicious. Yeah. yeah. And it's very good. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I think so, I think I probably get the Bulgarian feta more. The price is great, but 
also I have this Bulgarian cucumber tomato salad recipe that I like to put the Bulgarian feta on. It's called Shopska is the salad. You've never shared this with me. You've been holding out on it. It is so good. Oh my gosh. It sounds good. It's the salad I make, you know, and you you put the salad together while other things for dinner are happening. Mm -hmm. And then I'll keep, after the salad is made, I'll keep cruising by. I'm like, oh, I got to taste it one more time. Oh, oh, I got to taste it one more time. And I'm like (laughs) filling up on salad before we even had dinner because I can't stop eating it. It's just cucumbers and tomatoes and a bunch of flat leaf parsley chopped up and a little yeah. red wine vinegar and olive oil and salt and pepper. Okay. A little bit of uh, green bell pepper. And I crumble a bunch of Bulgarian feta all over the top of it. And it's just delicious. I didn't realize how hungry I was until. Maybe we should, maybe, right maybe we should uh, post that recipe. Yeah. For this episode. Yeah. I volunteer you to write that recipe up. And <laughs> well, I mean, it's not my recipe. It, it's, it's someone else's recipe, but oh. it is Bulgarian. And well, I probably and don't volunteer you to plagiarize their recipe. We can, we can get it. We can and, give credit and, and to them. It. Yeah. <laughs> Share the recipe. But, oh, it's delicious. A great way to have uh, some, enjoy some Bulgarian feta. It is. Now that I'm really hungry, do you mind if we take a break for <laughs> yes. potentially a snack and a word from our sponsors? Yeah, sounds good. Excellent. We'll be back in a second. Cheese the Day is the official cheese cast of North Coast Co-op, your local member-owned grocery co-op where everyone is welcome. Hi, Thomas here. You've been listening to our podcast for a while now, and maybe you're ready to take this commitment to the next level. Maybe you're ready to sign up for our cheese email list. Here's why I think you should. First of all, and this is like really kind of the best reason, when you sign up, we're going to give you a 50% off coupon for Cypress Grove Chev. Not like a little disc of it, the whole log, like a whole log of Cypress Grove Chev for 50% off. You can take it home and put Chev on like all kinds of things. It's great. Second of all, we're not going to spam your email address or sell your information All we're going to do is every time we release an episode, we're going to send you a little email. It'll have a coupon in there. Maybe it'll have a little article in there about uh, something related to the episode or a fun topic. Cheese-related news, essentially. And you're already here listening to a dedicated cheese podcast put out by a local grocery co-op. So, like, we think you're the right audience for our cheese email list because it's a cheese email list put out by us. Sign up. Northcoast.coop slash cheese. Tell your friends. And we're back talking about feta. The good stuff. The zhuzh stuff. So it occurred to me, actually it occurred to our producer, who made it occur to me by telling me, that we didn't really talk about, like, what what is feta? What defines feta? What makes it feta? What makes it feta? How do I know it's feta and not just some other lookalike? Uh, Aside from reading it, it'll be called feta. We're not trying to trick you. A salty, pressed, soft curd cheese that is uh, stored in brine. Yeah. Brine cured? Brine cured, let's say. Because we also sell a whole lot of fetas that are... Not currently in the brine. We sell them in vacuum-sealed packages just like any other cheese. Right. And I feel like 
let, let's tackle that right now. Do I want my feta in a brine or do I want it vacuum sealed? I prefer in the brine. I prefer in the brine as well. In the brine is traditional. There are some pros and cons. In my in my research, I was reading and and a lot of European websites that I had talked about, or a lot of re- European websites that I was reading on, they mention American feta, and the thing they say about it is that it's made from cow's milk, which is not traditional, but it's you know mostly we have cows in the U.S. and that's right. That milk is widely abundant and less expensive than goat or sheep's milk, but also that it's dry. It's sold dry, and it's too salty. And they posit. Actually, yes, the salty thing. I I was surprised when I read that. Mm-hmm. They posit that ours is extra salty because it's made from cow's milk, which and has a little less flavor. And they're trying to make up for that lack of flavor from the cow's milk with more salt. Yeah, and the dry ones or the kind the kind European sources said that our feta is sold dry because that's what Americans are used to. We're used to buying dry cheese. We don't. We don't have a lot of traditional American cheeses that are stored in a brine or, or liquid of any kind. Right. And, so that's, and that is – When people think about cheese, they want it true. to be cheese-shaped. So they vac pack right. it just like you'd get any other cheese on the shelf. And then and you don't have to deal with shelf. messy, wet brine or, or any of that. Yeah. And it merchandises in the store exactly like any other cheese. And and a major brand can can just carry their packaging requirements over to feta from the other cheeses that they were doing earlier. Right. So – Storing it in the brine, though, I think we're going to convert some people because because let's lay it out there. The the feta that you get that's vacuum sealed, first of all, as soon as you open it, it's not vacuum sealed anymore. And that starts the timer of it deteriorating. And what keeps normal feta or traditional feta, let's say, from deteriorating as rapidly is being stored, submerged in its protective salty brine. Yes. That's delicious. And it's keeping it, it's keeping it moist. It's keeping it protected. Yeah, it's very hard for mold to grow underwater. Mm-hmm. Slash, Under I think salty impossible. Water. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it is very true. Uh, and and mold is sort of the first thing that I think of when I think of cheese spoilage. Uh, but <laughs> mm-hmm. off flavors, uh, it's very common for people buying dry feta to complain like, oh, well, this has like it's a really sour, sour off flavor. Yeah. Not sour in the tangy way that I want my feta to be, but sour in a in a bad way. In a bad way, yeah. And that's especially true of like a pre-crumbled feta. It's got all that surface area. It's not in a brine. There's nothing, there's nothing protecting it, and it's as exposed as cheese could possibly be. So much surface area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you buy feta in the brine, you can always, by the way, this is this is worth noting. That brine is just salt and water. It's yeah. Brine in the most basic sense. It, there's nothing. There's no magic to it. There's no trick to it. So there's nothing stopping you at home from mixing up some salt and water and adding a little more if your block of feta isn't quite covered or yeah. if you want a little extra insurance. If you think your feta is not salty enough or it's too salty, you can adjust that at yeah. home with things you have in your house. Also, I just this is a fun science experiment for young children. You know, you want to introduce them to the <laughs> idea of you know gradients and osmosis and that sort of. Let's let's put a little more salt in there and see how long it takes yeah. the salts to get into the feta. And so, so what or is the, the what does around. that look like at 
at home? Well, if you buy a really nice tub of French feta mm-hmm. and you bring it home and you think, and you taste it and you think, oh, I want it to be a little more salty. Or you think, oh, you know what? That's pretty salty. I didn't expect it to be that salty. I don't want it that salty. Or, you know, I'm on a diet and my doctor says, try to avoid that much salt. You probably won't be buying feta <laughs> or trying yeah. to avoid salt. But anyway, We're so not you have doctors. your tub. The cube of feta is submerged in that salty brine. Maybe pour off half of the water and pour some fresh water on top to make sure that block is submerged again. And then you've taken half the salt away. And then you let the the feta sit in your newly revised brine for, I don't know, probably a day. Yeah. And it'll take as long as it takes to reach equilibrium. For that, but for feta that is a very open to poured cheese. Yeah. It'll yeah. happen pretty rapidly. And you will you will take some salt away from your feta. Or you could just add a little more salt to the pre-existing brine that your block is in and make it a little more salty. And doing if you this want. inside a refrigerator is very safe to do. I would say, we should say, the salt is in the brine for flavor, but also because salt is very antibacterial. And it is worth noting that if it's you're taking salt out of the brine, you are shortening the shelf life of that feta. The saltier it is, the longer its shelf life, essentially. Yeah. Not, there's, there's probably a maximum on that. You know, it's, you're not, you're never going to get this to last, you know, lifetimes, but you, you don't probably need don't to. want that tub you of feta in your fridge till. for three months anyway, right? Yeah. You don't really want that <laughs> necessarily because, you know, exposure to air isn't necessarily the only way a cheese can go bad. It can oxidize with the oxygen in the water in the presence of light. I recently learned light oxidation is a big thing in cheese. And it creates some weird off flavors yeah. that you wouldn't expect. And that process can happen even submerged in a saltwater brine. And there's nothing you can, that's just, that's chemistry. You're not really, that's not microbes that you're stopping. That's just. So what we're saying is eat physics. your cheese fresh. Don't yeah. Tr- eat try your to cheese hold fresh. on to it for. You can keep feta for a while, especially in a cool, dark place in the brine. We sell it with a certain concentration of salt that I think we're trying to mimic the concentration of salt in the brine that shipped to us with the understanding that that's sort of the ideal that the manufacturer has mm-hmm. for its, its greatest longevity. And that's, yeah, that's the, the salt level they wanted to present it to their customers in. Right. Yeah. And we, we replicate that on our shelves. Although if we need to make up a little more brine, we can do that with some filtered water and some salt. Real easy. Yeah. It's dead easy. And being able to adjust the saltiness of your feta, that when you told me about that, because until I brought up this this topic for an episode, I had never considered that. It's the simplest science that we all learned in, you know, fourth grade or whatever when we learned about osmosis for the first time. And then the next thing you learned about is equilibrium and how things can. Yeah. Anyway, that's not important. We're not teaching fourth <laughs> grade here or fifth grade or whatever it was. <laughs> Being able to adjust the saltiness of your cheese, this is the only cheese I can think of that that works with so well. It's that open pour structure that lets it happen really fast. Well, it's just being in that and wet being brine. in the brine, yeah. yeah. So being able to kick the saltiness up a notch or take it down a notch, 
and be able to do that so easily at home with things you've already got on hand, that's like, you want to feel like a cheese wizard. <laughs> yes. Do this. If yeah. you've got kids, do it with them. They'll think you're a cheese wizard, which really, why does anyone have kids? It's it's for that moment when they look at you with awe and wonder in their eye and they're like, you know, you know everything. everything. <laughs> and you're like, that's right. Go clean your room. <laughs> This is not a parenting podcast for a reason. <laughs> so, feta, what have we learned? It's made with a bunch of different milks, and those milks really matter. The country it's from really matters, and whether or not it's sold to you in the brine really matters. Maybe you should go on your own feta odyssey and try all the ones that we I have see and see what, you what you, <laughs> see what you like the best. Take a tour of our fetas. Yes. Maybe we'll become a diehard French feta fan and you will never, forever, never go back to Athenos cow's milk feta. Yeah. Athenos cow's milk feta is the most basic feta that you could get in this country. It's, it's widely available. Every store's got it. And it's one of those things that like, there's a whole world of feta outside that one. And if I could get people... If I could get people to try a Bulgarian sheep's milk feta and put that on their salad and say, oh, this is so different. This is so much more flavor. And it's a different flavor. You may not, you know, people will may rebel against that. But Yeah, maybe yeah. you won't like that mild barnyard flavor of the sheep's milk feta and you just won't be able to get past that. But Maybe not. But I think you should try. I think you're right. People should go on their own feta odysseys, but avoid cyclopses. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that concludes today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you're interested in the feta that we talked about in our podcast today, come visit our cheese department at either of our two stores located at 811 I Street in Arcata or 25 4th Street in Eureka. Please follow the North Coast Co-op on Facebook and Instagram or visit us at northcoast.coop. That's C-O-O-P. If you want more cheese content and you could subscribe to our email list, please visit northcoast.coop slash cheese. In our email list, we include things like cheese wisdom from Thomas and I, hand-picked cheese recommendations, upcoming cheese department news and events, exclusive deals on cheese. You can get those great coupons. And early access to new and exciting cheeses. That's it for today. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.